Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time, she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn logo to donate to save babies now. And now here are your hosts, Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush. Back with you folks for another week of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. Uh, we got all the guys, of course, uh, John and Roger and Neil, myself, Bob. Guys, how are you? Great. Doing great, Bob. Good, Bob. How are you? No, oh, doing very well, thank you. Anybody have their home raided this week? Yeah, I was going to say, no, I'm great other than I'm afraid the DOJ might knock at any any moment here, Bob. We we left out <laughs> milk, milk and cookies last night in case they did show up. Well, that was pretty decent of you. That was pretty de- yeah. well, Hey, don't forget we got 87,000 new IRS yeah. agents coming Armed, out. Oh, yeah, no. armed agents. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they're coming after us. <laughs> you well, know they're that. armed with the facts, John. That's what they're armed with. Oh, that's Oh, there we yeah. go. Mm-hmm. Right, Roger. Well, in that case. All right. Well, it, obviously, this week we are talking about the big news, the raid on former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago home. And uh, what happened, as you know, on Monday, the uh, you had over 30 FBI agents, armed FBI agents, and basically a military-style raid of Mar-a-Lago. Uh, they go inside. They spent nine hours there through the day. It was 91 degrees. And from what I understand, Donald Trump's lawyers were not even allowed to be in there. They made them stand outside in the parking lot in the heat. They would not even allow them to observe uh, the going from room to room, searching through everything, including Donald Trump's private office breaking into his safe, including him and Melania's bedroom and going through Melania's clothing and everything. Uh, They apparently ordered the security cameras to be shut off, although there's a report that uh, the people there refused to do it. And so anyway, you look at this and it's like, wow. By the way, everything you just said, Bob, illegal. You're not allowed to do that. Oh, I know. Which, I which know. Which, if this thing ever does make it to court, you, you, as as his attorneys, you could everything you just said, you could you could have all that thrown out with a decent judge. I know. Which, by the way, uh, lends credibility to Donald Trump's suspicion and claim that hey, I think they planted stuff. I mean, I don't. You know, how can you really trust that when they say I want the security camera shut off? By the way, you're not even allowed to be in here. A search warrant doesn't say that you're not allowed to be observed. Okay, while they're searching, it just no, says you can that always have legal to... counsel brought in in those circumstances. Yeah, we all know absolutely. That. That's common Absolutely. So why did they refuse to allow the attorneys, Trump's attorneys, to even observe this, to be in the room, to even be inside where it was air conditioned even and make them stand out in the parking lot? Why did they demand that the security cameras be shut off? There are a lot of legitimate questions yep. to ask. This here, should but disturb anyway. every American right or left, by the way. Oh, you don't have to be a libertarian to to get the chills uh, over something like this happening. But the bottom line, they went in there and they did it. Uh, it's claimed that the reason for this was because of the uh, Presidential Records Act of 1978, and that Donald Trump apparently didn't, you know, wasn't turning over to the National Archives some documents, including potentially classified documents he was supposed to. So let the, the archives is, figure that one out. Yeah, I know exactly. Well, first of all, National Archives 
always does battle with presidents. That's right. You do realize, so when when Barack Obama left office, when Barack Obama left office, uh, he spent $30 million in legal fees fighting the National Archives uh, over a dispute over what documents he's allowed to keep versus what documents he has to turn over. All presidents go through this. Donald Trump went through the same thing. And by the way, earlier this year, in February, Donald Trump agreed to go ahead and turn over like 15 boxes worth of stuff, and the National Archives went through all of those boxes, and like, we decide that we think that there's some more we should get. Okay, fine. So they came back in June. And they were talking there at uh, Mar-a-Lago in June and saying, well, uh, we need some more stuff in the boxes you have. We want them to be secured better. So can you put a lock on this room? So Trump was like, okay, we'll put a lock on the room. So they put a lock on it. Then apparently the negotiations broke down. They were saying, we want some more stuff. Trump's lawyers were like, no, you're not entitled to this. And so what does National Archives do? They go to Department of Justice and say, well, hey, we got a dispute here. What does Department of Justice do instead of saying, well, okay, well, let's battle this thing out in court, or if we're going to take your side, then we can issue a subpoena if we have to, and then they can fight it in court and we'll see where it goes. Uh, nope, they send out these 30 armed FBI agents. The thugs, to raid they sent the thugs, the Bob. Absolutely. And by the way, John, I don't think for a second that this raid is because of a dispute over some documents. Nope. Uh, I have no doubt that the National Archives probably complained and whined to the DOJ, hey, they're not giving us what Mm -hmm. we say we're entitled to, okay? The DOJ, in my honest opinion, and I know this sounds conspiratorial, John, my honest opinion is... They saw this as, hey, we'll use this as an excuse to continue our fishing expedition to see whatever we can uncover to maybe help the January 6th people or whatever we can do to somehow, some way stop Trump from being able to run in 2024. So let's go through his drawers. Let's go through everything, Melania's clothing, and let's see if we can find anything whatsoever that we can use as dirt. This is a, we hate the man, we're going after the man, but we have to find some kind of a crime. So it's not a crime in search of a criminal. It's a criminal in search of a crime to attach to him. Uh, so there's a lot to unpack here, but that, that's kind of it's a, a rough... It's a three-hour podcast brief- all by itself. It really is. And by the way, on top of this all, the judge that approved this search warrant happens to be an Obama uh, an Obama Biden donor right. who trashed Donald Trump in social media in 2017. And this is the guy. He doesn't feel the need to recuse himself. This is just sickening and disgusting. And then on top of that, you got Scott Perry, who's a United States congressman and a friend and ally of Donald Trump. The very next day, he's on vacation with his family and he's approached by three FBI goons that seize his phone, his personal phone, a United States congressman because he happens to be friends with President Trump. I would have told him to pound uh, sand. They wouldn't have gotten my John, uh, what in the world? We, uh, John, let me, before we go to Roger, before we go to Neil, let me get your take on this. I know, uh, look, the libertarian in you has to be going insane. I'm not even a libertarian. And I, I think that this is obscene that this is happening in the United States of America. Your general thoughts. Yeah, everybody, like I said earlier, every man, woman, you know, anybody that, that understands anything about the rule of law should be upset about what happened. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on because the reality is, 
when one side does this, it now opens the door for this to happen over and over and over again. And there's always sort of been this, let's say it this way, Bob, sort of this agreement. You know, let's face it, Donald Trump, had he wanted to do this to Hillary Clinton, had full no. rights, there was more than enough evidence mm-hmm. where he could have done similar things to her. But you know what? It's sort of one of those things where let the sleeping dogs lie, we'll move on, it's a new chapter, we're not going to worry about that anymore. These people will not let go. There's some out there, you know, my, my cohort Andy will tell you that he thinks all of this was actually a plan to, to really rev up the Republican Party behind Trump so that he would actually be the candidate because they want to run against him versus a DeSantis. That's that's another whole topic we could maybe get into. Hmm. But, you know, there's so many things about this that are disturbing that, again, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on, you should be you should not be happy about what just happened on top of the 87,000 new IRS agents we'll be hiring. Oh, I know. Well, and there are a lot of different layers to this and a lot of different branches of this tree uh, that we're going to be diving into. But first, just kind of having a general overview of this. Roger Marsh, of course, the bottom line from the People's Republic of California. By the way, Roger, I have to tell you, I was at a speaking engagement the other night, and uh, the the man who is running for attorney general, the Republican running for attorney general here in Michigan, his name is Matt DiPerno, and he's been in national news because we kind of got the same thing. Our state attorney general, Dana Nessel, who is ultra-liberal, left-wing, George Soros-funded, all that kind of stuff, uh, she is now calling for a special prosecutor against Matt DiPerno, accusing him of illegal shenanigans involving trying to uncover fraud in the 2020 election. He, of course, denies the whole thing. And uh, he had me out as his uh, speaker and in introducing him at his at his rally the other night. Well, anyway, uh, one of the speakers that was up there was re- referencing uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan. Ann Arbor, Michigan is extremely liberal left wing. And they referred to it as, you know, the other day I was in the People's Republic of Ann Arbor, and it got a laugh. But I'm sitting here thinking, I I thought of you, Roger, because, of course, uh, so so maybe it's not just California that's a People's Republic. I have a feeling that phrase is liable to catch on. But your your thoughts in general about this raid? Well, I mean, my thoughts in regard to the raid are very simple. Speaking of republics, it's like we're becoming a banana republic now where the one side of the government does not have any sense of decency whatsoever with regard to this raid, with regard to uh, the the warrant being signed off by Bruce Reinhardt, and I know we'll get into him more as far as the podcast goes, but absolutely no shame. Appar- apparently, the Durham Commission meant nothing to them. The uh, FISA warrant right. that was given, the Steele dossier, meant nothing to them. All of that was illegally done. All that was fabricated. So here they come back a few years later and pull the same type of shenanigans with President Trump, when, as you duly noted, Bob, this is the kind of squabble that goes on with presidents and the records department after they leave has happened it's bipartisan everybody goes through it millions of dollars Mm -hmm. are spent there's always some big disagreement about you know what you can take and what you can't take the idea that they would literally i think what's the term they use in the uh, in the movies they tossed his uh, mansion and his home just to look for whatever Mm -hmm. they could find or maybe plant a few things in there it's very disturbing it's very distressing and the fact that congressman perry then had his phone confiscated for no reason whatsoever uh with no warrant and none of that stuff i mean uh, there there are people who've been concerned about um, our legal system for years about due process and whether or not they get it when it starts at the white house and then the white house holds their hands up in the air and says gosh i don't know why they never went after hunter biden's house why they never went to hillary clinton's house but yeah they got to go to donald trump's house because what we're in big trouble here. I mean, that think that tells you everything you need to know. 
It really does. I'll tell you what, uh, we're going to continue this discussion in just a moment. We're going to get Neil Boron uh, in on this as well. But before we do, in the middle of everything going on right now, and I know sometimes it's it's insane to look at what's happening, and we think about uh, the raid of a former president's home and such. In the midst of all of this, in the midst of all of the outrage, we have to remember, folks, we cannot stop the fight to stop abortions in this country. And that's why you hear us talking about preborn every time you listen to this podcast, all right? Preborn is a pro-life ministry that partners with pro-life pregnancy centers all across the country to show ultrasound images of babies to expectant moms. And remember, those moms choose life 80% of the time when they see an ultrasound image of their baby. But it takes money to show these images. And that's why we ask you to partner with Preborn, plain and simple. It's $28 to save one baby's life, to stop one abortion. That's the average cost. So that's why I'm asking every single one of you listening to us right now on this podcast, would you make a one-time donation of $280 and stop 10 abortions, save 10 babies' lives? It's that simple, folks. All you have to do is go right now to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. That's CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And click on the Preborn tab. And you can donate right there online. And you know 100% of the proceeds go directly to fund ultrasounds. Not a penny for overhead. Now, if you want to donate over the phone instead, you can do that too. You can call right now, 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-BABY. And they answer the phones 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can call right now, everybody. But donate if you would. Let's save some babies' lives. Hey, if you could do more than 280, maybe you can do 2800 and save 100 babies' lives. I don't know what you can afford, but we're asking everybody the main benchmark 280 for 10 babies. So go right now, CrawfordMediaGroup.net, and you can click on the preborn tab. We appreciate you folks doing that. Talking, of course, about the raid on former President Trump's home and just how outrageous this is. Neil Boron, of course, Neil Boron Live out of uh, Buffalo, New York. Neil, before we get into the weeds of some of the specifics surrounding this, just kind of curious in a general sense, your overall views, what you're thinking, what you're feeling about something like this that you would expect from the KGB in the old Soviet Union, not here in the United States. Yeah, well, I was going to suggest changing the name of the FBI to the KGB. It's shocking. (laughs) I mean, the idea that uh, government agencies are now being used to attack political opponents ought to not only raise the eyebrows of every American, but make the hair on the back of their neck stand on end, because the reality is uh, this kind of thing is sort of self-perpetuating. Once you go down this road, then you're basically saying this is the kind of country we are. This is the kind of thing that we'll tolerate and, in fact, champion so who knows? Uh, I wonder how much of this is simply to try to keep Donald Trump's name in front of the American public leading into November. That's one thing. And then who knows? Uh, is there thoughts on the part of some who are leading this so-called you know, January 6th investigation you know, to uh, indict the president down the road? I guess there's any number of reasons why this thing could have happened, but obviously it's unprecedented, and I don't disagree with anything that you guys said. This is shocking, and it's a really sad day for America. Real quick, guys, keep in mind that this is not the first time the FBI has been used this way. It was actually set up that way originally by Hoover. 
Yeah, well, you know, I mean, there's been a lot of corruption, I think, involved in this for the a FBI, long time. The FBI, by the way, just needs to be done away with and, re- and start all over again, in my opinion. Yeah, well, quite frankly, yes. Even though I, I know there's a lot of rank-and-file FBI agents that are just, you know, decent, honorable people not trying to do their I, job. You know what, Bob? I'll, I like will debate that. from the top. I will debate that. I don't think there is yeah. anymore. I think the entire FBI organization is, is just as corrupt as the guys at the top are. I don't know, you're talking about because what, we keep we keep seeing it employees. over and over and over again, though. I mean, guys, this isn't the only example where the FBI has gone in and done things. That, quite frankly, they should have refused to do. This is an example of it. They should have just said, "You know what, DOJ? No, we're not doing this. You go find somebody else to be your lemmings because we're not doing this." But they don't have enough backbone and spine to do that. Even even yeah, the guys, you know, and I don't want to hear this. Well, we were just following orders. That's a bunch of BS. Quit, quit telling me you're just following orders. Are you following orders all the way to the, you know, to the death of the country? That's ridiculous. Quit saying that. All right. Well, how, how clean versus dirty the FBI is from the bottom to the top, yeah, I, I suppose that's a It's a mud thing. pit. Yeah, well, That's I'll tell you what, at a minimum, at a minimum, we're in total agreement that it's a mud pit in the upper echelon and working its way down. Uh, does there come a point near the bottom when it starts to get clean? Uh, you know, I, I can't dismiss every FBI agent, but I mean, I know what you're saying, too. You're, you're, I, I you're, you're nicer than me, Bob. You're nicer than well, me. And I might be being naive, too. So, it's you know, it's hard to say. By the way, John, you really think there's any chance that the Biden administration knows nothing about this? I'm, I'm trying to... I, I, I'm trying to... Here, really? Here's the thing, okay? <laughs> because, as you know, the White House is like, we didn't know about yeah, uh-huh. We learned about this, and we saw it in the news. We didn't know this was going on. I think now, hold on a second here. First of all, you got reporters asking uh, Jean-Pierre, where do we, Karine Jean-Pierre, uh, can you give us a comment on this? No, we don't know anything about it, but uh, we have to refer you to the Department of Justice. Okay, so Fox News contacts the Department of Justice, says, can you give us a comment on this? No, we can't comment. So they contact the FBI. Well, will you give us a, you know, you guys work for the Department of Justice. Nope, nobody will comment on this. And I'm thinking, number one, hold on a second here. The Department of Justice raids the home in an armed raid of the former president of the United States, and nobody has to explain why. Right. Nobody has to give a comment on this. And then the Biden administration, Joe Biden's like, I- I'm sorry, to, to think that you can be the president of the United States and your predecessor, the guy you took over for, uh, the guy that you you know beat, if you will, uh, that that guy is having his home raided by the FBI in the Department of Justice that works for you and you don't know about it, you're left out of that loop. This is not some kind of, well, I don't micromanage the minutia of the details of the various departments under me. This is not minutia to be micromanaged. This is a major, major international news story. So how Democrats, John, can believe anything that comes out of this Biden White House anymore after their denials. We didn't know anything about this that was going to happen. I mean, I I don't know if they really realize how stupid they look when they say that. Yeah. I mean, literally. You're you're really going to tell the American people you don't know. And yeah, I get it. You know, a third of the country, because they're hardcore, mentally ill lefties, will believe that. But two-thirds of the country's not. Yeah. Uh, Roger, do you think this was in any way just about a documents thing? I mean, nope. do, do, do you, 
it's got to be more than that, right? It has to. It has to be more than that. I mean, the the reality is. I mean, you mentioned the January sixth hearings. They're they're trying to stage this political theater. You know, y- yesterday we're recording this on uh, Wednesday morning, August tenth. Yesterday was the forty eighth anniversary of Richard Nixon's resignation. You know, actually taking effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only president in American history to ever do so. And when you look at all of the evidence there was against him in terms of what happened at the Watergate Hotel, first the five guys, you know, being uh, indicted and arrested, and then of course it going all the way back up to Richard Nixon, the missing 18 minutes. I mean, all the things that we've we've learned about what happened in that break-in. I mean, he really didn't have a choice. I mean, when you get right down to it, and he stonewalled as much as he possibly could before he actually finally said, look, I'm either going to get impeached or, you know, I'm just going to have to get on out of here. When we look at what's happening in the Trump world, you know, I mean, and, and you think about the congressional hearings that happened in Watergate going after an actual crime versus the January 6th commission and both impeachments that were trying to find one. I mean, the fact that they would actually get to this point right now, the Biden White House had to know the Biden White House completely signed off. And the fact that they would stand there in front of the microphones yesterday and go, "Uh, gosh, that's what, you know, doesn't it sound familiar? Well, you're hearing about this the same way I did, you know, in the national news media. Who was the last president who tried to use that line? I mean, it just it didn't work then. It isn't working now. No one's buying it. The, the, his home was raided? Really? <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. on. <laughs> uh, all right, listen, we, we got a lot more to unpack here and a lot more to talk about. But uh, at the same time, we've also got a lot of babies who we want to save their lives. And that's why you're going to keep, uh, keep getting reminded about preborn. Those of you that called already or went online to donate already, we thank you for doing that. If you haven't done it yet, please do it now. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on the Preborn tab, and donate $280, if you would, to save 10 babies' lives, to stop 10 abortions through Preborn. That's what they do. Now, also, I got to say, it takes $15,000 to buy one ultrasound machine. I know that there's got to be some of you listening to us right now on this podcast. You're pro-life and maybe you own a business and you'd like a nice tax write-off. Or maybe God has just blessed you financially and you'd like to have as part of your family legacy being responsible for stopping thousands of abortions. Would you donate $15,000 one time to preborn to buy an ultrasound machine? Remember, it takes money to show these images of babies to the expectant moms, but they let their babies live when they see those images. That's how preborn does this with pro-life centers all across America, folks. But it starts with us. It takes money. And so I'm asking, number one, any business owners out there, $15,000 one time. It's a tax write-off for you, and 100% of the proceeds goes to ultrasound images and machines, not a penny for overhead. Just go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on the tab for preborn. You can donate right there online. Or donate right over the phone. You can call right now, 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. And the answer to the phone is 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Make that donation. And if you can't do the 15 grand, hey, for everybody else, do $280 one time. That saves 10 babies' lives. It's $28 on average to save one baby's life. So $280, stop 10 abortions. Would you do that now? CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on the preborn tab. As we talk about the uh, KGB rating of a former president of the United States, Donald Trump, let's be honest, 
because it's Donald Trump. Uh, not a chance in the world Biden administration doesn't know about this, of course. But, Neil, let me ask you, Neil Boron, Neil Boron live out of Buffalo, New York. To me, the frustrating thing here is the unequal justice under the law. Because, let's face it, Hillary Clinton, she didn't have her home raided. By the way, her and uh, Bill Clinton took over $28,000 worth of furniture and antiques from the White House uh, when they left office. And you know something? No raid of her. Not to mention the fact that, remember, Hillary Clinton, she didn't just mishandle classified documents. She put them on an unsecured email server to be hacked by our enemies around the world. That is extremely dangerous. People go to prison for that, yet that's what she did. And then when the emails were subpoenaed, she deleted 33,000 of them after they were subpoenaed, which is obstruction of justice, tampering with evidence. People go to prison for that. Then uh, the Congress subpoenaed Neil, her hard drives from her computer, she had them acid washed with bleach bit. Uh, Then she had the uh, SIM cards removed from her cell phones because they were subpoenaed and had them physically smash the phones with actual steel hammers. Uh, All of this stuff people go to prison for and then add to that, she perjured herself under oath uh, before Congress when she told them lies like, uh, oh, these were only personal emails. They weren't work emails. There were no classified emails in there at all. I only had one handheld device. James Comey documented she had 13 of them. Other people go to prison for this. Her home wasn't raided. Hunter Biden's home wasn't raided or Joe Biden's home with that whole scandal. And we could go on down the line. So I I just the frustrating thing here, Neil, is that there do there does appear to be very clearly two sets of laws in this country if you're a Republican or if you're a Democrat. And it just ought not be that way in the United States of America. Yeah, well, I went to journalism school, and as you're talking, Bob, I'm thinking about, you know, things I learned there and things that used to be held up as ideals in the field of journalism. The reason I'm bringing this up is because I believe that the nation's media is walking in complete lockstep with the Democratic Party. It's come up many times here on the air. We've talked about it. There's no denying it. So, it, you know, whenever you talk about conservative politics or people that, you know, hold dear their religious values or family values and those kind of things, you're up against uh, the liberal elite in this country that want nothing to do with it. So you've got liberals, progressives, largely the Democratic Party and the entire nation's media, except for a few outlets, you know, like perhaps Fox News. They seem to be waffling in some some of these issues. But, the you know, uh, the reality is this kind of thing isn't isn't unheard of. I mean, you know, when the the the, uh, the son of the local police chief gets caught, you know, speeding, does he get the same fine as some kid who isn't known by the police? Uh, I mean, so that's at the lowest level. But then at the, at the upper levels of government, it's it's always existed, I believe, to some degree. It's just now completely out of control. And since the Democratic Party and the, the nation's media are turning a blind eye. There's no hope for resolve, really. I think that we have to mm-hmm. go to the polls and vote people out, I think, is the only answer to this. But then you're still right. up against the nation's media and big tech. And by the way, you know, you think about um, uh, 
Well, by the way, let, let me interrupt that that thought for just a moment because I'm thinking you're we're up against them. You're right, and I'm looking at the clock, and I'm like, oh no, we're up against the clock. So Neil, hold on, because I want to give you a chance to finish that thought uh, in the second half of this National Crawford Roundtable. And listen, folks, if you're not able to listen to the second half on your regular radio, just listen online. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net or Apple Podcast Stitcher, tune in wherever you listen to your podcasts, uh, and check out the second half of this podcast as we continue. Next. This has been a Crawford Broadcasting production. Continuing the second half of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with Roger Marsh of the bottom line from the People's Republic of California, John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado, myself, Bob Duco, the Bob Duco Show out of Detroit, Neil Boron, Neil Boron live out of Buffalo, New York, as we talk about the uh, raid on Donald Trump's home. And Neil, I, was, I, I cut you off there. I want you to uh, continue your thought, if you would, uh, about the double standard at play here and unfortunately we're watching before our very eyes uh, unequal justice under the law Donald Trump and Republicans not being treated the way that Hillary Clinton Hunter Biden and all the rest of them getting complete passes for actual real egregious crimes far beyond any uh, document dispute the National Archives is having with Donald Trump. In the last election, uh, I think everyone remembers the first presidential debate in which Donald Trump wouldn't stop talking, basically, and I think he did himself a disservice, so the effort was to calm him down in the second debate and get him to listen to some responses and then boldly respond. Uh, just before that, I, I forget the guy's name, one of, one of you guys might remember, but it was the individual who'd had business dealings with um, with Hunter Biden, he shows up, he's got three cell phones with him and a laptop, and he says, hey, I've got information on here that says, you know, that uh, Hunter Biden not only was involved in corrupt activity, but that Joe Biden knew all about it. The only media in the U.S. that covered that live on the spot was Fox News. All of the other media outlets had their cameras turned off. Uh, the only reason I'm bringing this up, and I, and I think of the uh, the uh, investigation into the clergy abuse scandal, the you know the, the sexual abuse against pr uh, priests that were committing in the Boston Archdiocese, and they ended up making a documentary or a movie out of it. I think it was called Spotlight. I don't remember, but it was you know this courageous journalist at the Boston Globe that was digging for this kind of stuff. Where are these journalists today? How come nobody's trying to cut their teeth on, on exposing the double standard that you're describing? It's unbelievable. And the fact that that veil has been pulled over this kind of information, I think the American people aren't entirely stupid. I think some are brainwashed or duped. But the reality is, as we watch this kind of thing unfold before our eyes, this is actually a precursor to where we're headed. There's no doubt about it that the, the America we knew doesn't exist anymore. And that we're headed in a really difficult and dangerous direction and I think we need to take that into account because obviously while this largely deals with politics and or the media in this case they're coming after conservatives religious people people that believe in faith and family and traditional values and biblical values I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist or go off the rails but it's it's obvious this is where we're headed yeah, it is and you know Roger Roger Marsh of course out of California this is the this is the sad thing. There's almost a grieving that I feel for America because it's happening in our lifetime. We're watching before our very eyes things happening in America that we expect to see in places like Venezuela or Cuba or Russia or China or, or places like that. I mean, come on, you got Nancy and Paul Pelosi 
their house isn't being raided for insider trading. There's not even an investigation on them. You got the January 6th protesters, as wrong as those original ones were for pushing past police, look at how they have been treated a year and a half, many of them in solitary confinement, denied bail, contrasted with Black Lives Matter and Antifa rioters burning cities to the ground and having their charges dropped after they were released with no bail. You have Jane's Revenge. This is the anti-abortion domestic terrorist group, I'm sorry, uh, anti-life domestic terrorist group who is claiming credit, Roger, for burning, firebombing, and vandalizing uh, pro-life centers and churches. And you know something? Not one charge has been brought against any of these groups. However, you do have the FBI investigating conservative and Christian parents showing up at school board meetings complaining about transgenderism and critical race theory being taught to their kindergartner children. Uh, so, so to be watching this, and then of course the Hunter Biden pass, the Hillary Clinton pass, uh, it it really is staggering. This is almost like something you would expect to see in a movie. And then we say, yeah, but that just wasn't realistic because that's so blatantly uh, obvious. And now it's happening in real life here in the United States of America, Roger. I don't even recognize this country anymore. You know, it, for me, it started to go downhill when you mentioned the Hunter Biden situation. And the, I think Fox News and the New York Post were really the only two publications that were actually coming after this and saying, hey, guys, it's October. It's a month before the election. And does anybody else care about this? Remember the quote from Terrence Samuels, who's the managing editor for news at NPR? The quote that went all over Twitter. And, you know, that's the beautiful thing about the Internet is the Internet is forever. Here was the quote. We mm-hmm. don't want to waste our time on stories that are not really stories. And we don't want to waste hmm. the listeners and readers' time on stories that are just pure distractions. If you Google that quote, then you start looking and finding out that by April of 2021, there's a new bombshell revelation in the Hunter Biden case. By 2022, Hunter Biden is under investigation for all the stuff that we told you wasn't a story a year and a half ago. That's national public radio. This is government-funded radio. And National Public hmm. Radio and PBS are the guys who come on with English accents in very calm tones with classical music underneath the, the music behind them, saying, everything is right, all is well, up is down, left is right, some animals are more equal than others. I mean, that's in essence what they're saying. And so it's heartbreaking for us you know, to sit here as conservatives, as Christians, you know, loving liberty and watch this happening. But unfortunately, I think the Donald Trump raid at Miralago was a year and a half in the making here. And the fact that they just can't let him go because they're so afraid that orange man bad might run for president in 2024 and he might actually win and what that will do is that it means we can't keep controlling the narrative guys i mean this is my weekly push for npr and why everybody should subscribe and if you give us a five-star rating or not i i hope you do but these types of programs are so important because you watch the more people listen to what we're talking about the more we're going to come under scrutiny from the likes of the left-leaning media say, well, we can't have this distraction going on because we don't want to waste our listeners' time with stories that aren't actually real stories. When you and I and all, mm. all of us know this is a real story. This is uh, something is. that is it's, it's something we have to pay attention to, regardless of the, the who's going to run for president part. The A president of the United States was not shown the same respect as other presidents and the Hillary Clinton thing now that she's out mocking all this stuff, you know, both the emails with the yeah. hat and everything. I just, it's, oh, it's ridiculous. It's insidious. And by the way, uh, everybody, 
Yes, it was uh, definitely NCR that Roger was promoting, not NPR, mm. just so everybody knows. Okay. Yeah. Um, here, here. And uh, by the way, John, your thoughts on Hillary Clinton. You talk about brazen to wear, uh, to be selling hats and mugs, say, but her emails, but her emails. It's like, are you kidding me? You're talking about national security secrets mm-hmm. in the hands of our enemies around mm-hmm. the world. How many lives can that potentially cost? And you think this is a, <laughs> let's make a joke about that. You have to be kidding me. How can how can decent-minded liberal progressive Americans not be offended by her making light of something that's serious? Because, as I always say, they don't look at things, you know. I had a guy years ago call in and say, if you're liberal, you're mentally ill. And you know what? The more I go down this path and the more I look at things, and I'm not talking about people that are just, you know, leaning left. I mean, those hardcore liberals that buy everything lock, stock, and barrel, the reality is, you know what? I'm beginning to think that listener is very spot on because they just don't think correctly. They have none of this stuff bothers them. Even what happened, you know, uh, Monday night with Trump does not bother them in the least. They look at life and this country in a completely different different light, I guess you could say, than than normal sane people do. I hate to say it that way, but really, it's what it comes down to. They they have a mental illness. They look at this country and and what it takes to run a completely different than what a normal sane person does yeah i know do you, by I the way, you think this you think this uh, whole thing will backfire on the democrats yes. uh, in three months yes it might not be three yeah. months but will it backfire well yes. i'm telling them for the midterms for the midterms uh initially and then ultimately I, well, we'll get to I, 2024 I don't too, think, and, and that's great. That's a great question, Bob, because I don't think there's enough time between now and the midterms to sort out what's going on now. Now, they're going to come out, everybody listening, they're going to come out. There's going to be all sorts of accusations. They're going to claim Trump did this, Trump did that. And, of course, you know, there'll be big court battles to try to clear his name and do all those things. That'll go way beyond. In fact, it'll be a year. It'll be next year at this time. We'll still be talking about some of those things, I'm guessing. I could be wrong, but I'm guessing it'll take that long. They're going to do everything they possibly can to smear things through the 2022. Again, this is sort of like that last-ditch effort. They've tried all the other things. We've talked about it on this program many times. They've gone the abortion route. They've on the January 6th route. None of those things are really affecting the poll numbers when it comes to what's going to happen here with the red wave in, in 2022. So I believe this is a last-ditch effort to try to change that, that wave, you know, to slow that wave down. And if anything, this might make it bigger. What effect will this have going forward? Uh, we're going to talk about that as well. In the meantime, uh, we've been asking you folks throughout this podcast to not forget about the need to fight abortion, not forget about the need to save babies' lives. I know Roe v. Wade's been overturned. That's great. But that doesn't mean that abortion's illegal in this country, okay? The fight continues. And that's why we ask you partner with Preborn. It takes $28 on average to stop one abortion. That is the cost. It's by showing ultrasound images of these babies to the moms, all right, in pro-life centers all across the country. So 28 bucks stops one abortion. We're asking everybody, donate $280, if you would, one time to stop 10 abortions, to save 10 babies' lives. Would you do that? Now, if you could do more than that, maybe you can do 2800 and save 100 babies' lives. Wouldn't it be a great legacy for you, for your family, for your kids, to be able to know there are 10 people or 100 people that are alive today because of what we did in our family, because of what we donated 
folks, it's not that much money, okay? $280 to stop 10 abortions to save 10 babies' lives. This is real, and Preborn does this every day. They've been doing it for a long time with pro-life pregnancy centers all across the country. So here's how you can donate that 280 right now. Just go online to crawfordmediagroup.net. That's crawfordmediagroup.net, and click on the Preborn tab, and you can donate right there securely right online. And by the way, 100% of your donation goes to fund ultrasounds, not a dime for overhead. So crawfordmediagroup.net, click on Preborn tab. And if you want to donate over the phone, you can do that right now too. Just call 833-850-BABY. They answer the phones 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Right? 833-850-BABY. And just a reminder... Preborn last year was responsible for saving the lives of 43,669 babies, thanks to you. And along the way, there were 7,986 first-time decisions for Jesus Christ. I think that's a great way to spend $280, folks. What do you think? All right, uh, CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on the Preborn tab talking here on the roundtable with the guys about the raid on uh, Mar-a-Lago. And, uh, Neil, your thoughts about the the repercussions from this. Does it backfire? Does it benefit the Republicans in any way for the midterms? Uh, I know we'll talk about Trump in 2024 in a little bit, but I'm thinking that there might be some benefit to the Republicans in the midterms in that there might be some of those soccer moms, the apolitical types, the ones who aren't really into politics. It's all so icky. I've got to believe some of them are going to look at this and go, hey, I don't like Trump, I don't like him personally, I don't like his personality, but mm, boy, this is really not right to have done this. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, in a way, that's kind of wishful thinking. I'm not disagreeing that that could be true, but on the other hand, it could go the other way. It could. There's been so much about this, you know, sham January 6th investigation thing, all, you know, smeared all over the media, that I think that the people who don't really want to dig into the weeds, they just want to enjoy summer COVID free right now. They're just kind of chilling are catching bits and pieces of news reports and saying, oh, my God. I mean, he not only like coordinated this insurrection, but, uh, you know, they had to raid his home to, to help discover other stuff. Well, what that stuff is and what they found and who who ordered the raid, they don't really look into that stuff. So I think it it could actually help the Democrats. Um, but things have a way of swinging on a pendulum and coming back around. And sometimes, you know, things that were uh, meant for good turn out to be uh, troublesome for those who planned them in the first place. So I would hope that thinking Americans will take a good, serious look at this because this really is the meltdown of, you know, democracy, uh, our mm-hmm. our constitutional republic here. Uh, this is not the way that law and order is supposed to go down in a country like the United States of America. And somebody used the word banana republic earlier. This this is the stuff of developing countries and dictatorships. Right. This isn't what you should expect in the United States of America, and I think it's shocking. And by the way, the, I looked up the guy's name. It was Tony Bobulinski. That's right. He was, the, he was the one who showed up at the three cell phones. Now, whether, whether, they're credible, whether the evidence in that moment was credible or not, um, if, if somebody showed up today in front of a TV camera at a press conference and said, look, I've got three cell phones here. I was texting the president during the insurrection and this during the uh, Capitol riot. And this proves that there was an insurrection. It was a planned, you know, overthrow of the U.S. government. I've got it here. Do you think any TV cameras would be paying attention to that? Of course they would, which just mm-hmm. shows you that we live in a country that's inundated with media bias daily and 
God help us to be able to sift through the weeds to see the truth. Yeah, uh, guys, uh, I want Roger to, Marsh. Yeah, so go I, ahead, I, please. I just wanted to add something you were asking uh, to follow up on the conversation about um, the whether or not we're going to see any kind of impact at the polls with regard to this. Is mm -hmm. this going to be a huge bump for a blue wave pushing back the red wave or not? Interestingly enough, in Minnesota, Minnesota had their primaries on Tuesday the 9th. And uh, District 5, the city of Minneapolis, that's Ilyan Omar, you know, the member of the squad. And she was facing a rather difficult challenger, a guy called Don Samuels, who was running as a more classical liberal Democrat as opposed to her progressive liberal Democrat. And he, she beat him by a thousand votes. It was 57,683 to 55,217. And something tells me their district is Minneapolis, right? So this is the defund the police. This is George Floyd. Right. This is all of that stuff there. And it's interesting to see on the Democrat side of the equation, if you, there were four other, three other challengers total, and they almost had as many votes as she did, which kind of tells me, hey, wait a minute, maybe this progressive ideology that the Biden administration has been pushing and the squad type of tactics are backfiring. I mean, that more and more Democrats are even saying, hey, look, I'm, I'm a liberal, I'm not a conservative, but even this is too much. I mean, and uh, it's just, it's interesting to me, to me to see that, you know, all CNN, wow, that was a surprisingly tight race. We're, we're shocked that she had this kind of competition, uh, you know, but for a little more time to campaign, maybe a bit more unity with the other candidates, a guy named Don Samuels could be running in the 5th District as a Democrat instead of Ilhan Omar. Hmm. So I th I, something tells me that there is some kind of movement in the Democrat Party. I don't know if it's going to be enough to get them to all switch to more conservative candidates, but I, I'm not sure that everybody who votes blue is voting progressive these days. Yeah. Now, to to, to uh, the point that uh, Neil was making and that John kind of made as well, Roger, what do you think about the impact of specifically this raid on Mar-a-Lago? Because I, I think there is a fair point that Neil made that John made also that uh, most people do just skim headlines. The apolitical people skim the headlines. And so is this a case where this could actually maybe hurt the Republicans initially uh, because uh, people just look at the headlines, oh, hey, if Trump got raided, that must show just how horrible he really is. And then over the course of the next several months, that's where everything below the headline starts coming to surface. And so maybe it benefits Trump and the Republicans by 2024, but in the short term, it works against him. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I, messaging, messaging, messaging. And this is one place where conservatives, we have bemoaned this uh, here on this program ever since NCR, as you duly noted, uh, mm -hmm. took the airwaves almost three years ago. The fact that, that when it comes to you know the, the pro-life side of the equation, the pro-liberty side of the equation, oftentimes we, just as, we, we assume that people feel that way and we don't message as well as the left does. The reason the left gets the progressive uh, vote and in the mainstream is because they message and message and message and they come up with these ridiculous tax hikes and call it the Re Inflation Reduction Act you know, or the Women's Health Protection Act or whatever. That's just lying, flat out lying. There's nothing in there at all. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to the messaging and when you have 97% of academia in your back pocket, when you've got 95% of the mainstream media in your back pocket, then it means, yes, we as conservatives, as libertarians, have to work harder to keep the messaging out there. And because, you know, the flood of messaging is, well, Donald Trump, you know, had his, uh, his uh, Miralago estate tossed. And oh, by the way, today he, he's pleading the fifth in New York because they're coming after him for tax evasion because we all know he's a criminal. You know, just whatever they can say negatively about Donald Trump, they need that because they need the clicks, they need the eyeballs, they need the ratings, but also because that fits their narrative. And so, yeah, it's frustrating to have to keep saying it over and over again, but 
guys, we have to keep messaging and do a better job of messaging and saying, hey, look, I mean, what we're doing here today, I think is vital in terms of, you know, coming up with a counter to the messaging that is going out in the mainstream media right now. We're not saying that if, if, if anyone does something wrong and illegal, we believe they should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. All we're saying is Donald Trump didn't do anything that any other president hasn't done. And if Barack Obama had $30 million to spend to fight off his challenges, how come his office wasn't tossed? You know, how come Bill Clinton's wasn't tossed? Where was the investigation? Instead of an investigation for Hillary Clinton, the media is gleefully helping her sell those hats. I mean, it's just, it, doesn't, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And that's what we're rallying against today. It really doesn't. Uh, so, John, what do you think about the Trump factor here, though? Trump in 2024, uh, does this help him? Do, uh, might there be a a sympathy rally for, you know, not, not the hardcore Trump supporters, but maybe even some of the people that uh, don't personally like Donald Trump, but they're apolitical. Is it possible that somebody like Trump could actually be the recipient of some sympathy? I think some of that's already starting to play out, and my advice to Trump would be if that's the direction things head, he has to handle things much differently than he did the last, you know, year to two of his presidency. In other words, he's going to have to be a kindler, gentler Trump, not saying he can't be, you know, hard on those that have gone after him, but I think in general he's going to have to have a different approach than he's had in the past if he's going to get some of those what I call middle-of-the-road swing voters on his side. But you're already seeing, I got text messages even this morning where, you know, on, on media and other places, there there's already, you know, things happening in regards to rallying around Trump and helping him with a push to 2024. So some of that stuff, Bob's already happening as we speak. You think he ought to announce before the midterms or after the midterms? If he runs, uh, just just me and I know there's some Trump lovers out there that are not going to like me saying this. I hope he doesn't announce at all because I think I think they have a better chance of beating him than they do a DeSantis. So I'm one that says I hope he doesn't run. Really? Yes. Even though, even though Turning Point USA student sir, uh, straw poll and the CPAC Texas straw poll has Trump beaten DeSantis uh, three to one in those, you you yeah, I, I, and you I, look at the polls put, internally among Republicans. Those. I don't put my All stake right. in those because, I, again, I, I if you look at the middle-of-the-road voter that we have to have to win, and you have to have an, an immense amount more. We already realized this from the last election. We need an immense amount of more votes on our side than the other side has to combat the machine that they have in place. And, yes, folks, I'm talking about things that happened during the election, irregularities and so on, and I'm not one of those guys running around saying that, you know, we, we were you know, the last election was stolen, but there were a lot of things that make it sure look like it was. I am also one that says that those of you that sat in the middle last time, or even some of you Christians that decided not to vote for the conservative because he was just too mean. Well, here's what you got in return. You know what? I will say this, though. I mean, I get what you're saying, but Donald Trump does have one thing that he's able to declare, and that is, I did it before. I agree. Uh, this is what, you know, th- this is, as a matter of fact, I had uh, That's going to be the thing he's going to have to run on, by the way, is, is, is that you know simple what? fact. And, and, I'll tell you what, and I, Dick Morris, the political strategist, I had him on my show uh, yeah, he's on, he's on last week. We're well. to, yeah, yeah, we're talking about this. He's, he's out uh, doing the circuit right now. and uh, But he brought up that point. He said, Trump's got four simple words he can run on. I did it before. Yeah. And, you know, I'll do it again. And so he doesn't have to say, trust me, I can make this happen. It, it, all he has to do is say, watch me do what you already watched me do yeah. before. Yeah. Uh, and so Trump does have the ability to say, look, 
you might not like me personally. You might I might be too harsh for you. But do you like having secure borders? Do you like having crime reduced? Do you like two dollar a gallon gas? Do you like one and a half percent inflation? Do you like four Middle East peace deals? Do you like peace negotiations with North Korea? Do you like these things happening? Because guess what? Those are the things that I accomplished in just four years, and I will do them again. I've proven I know how. Do you like that or not? Mm-hmm. And by the way, uh, Republican Party base, do you like the fact that Roe v. Wade was overturned? Okay. My judges got that to happen. So do you want results or do you want personality? Uh, you know, it's, there's a lot of soccer moms out there that hate Trump personally, but they really miss the security and the low inflation and the low gas prices and the peace worldwide. And so, well, and those are you might be right, John, but I, one, you might not. I don't know. He's going to have to talk to honestly. Those are the I ones know. That, I agree. If he runs, they're the ones he's going to have to target. Because to your point, I think everybody else on our side is already bought in. Just like there's a certain amount on the other side that bought in on that side. I mean, they're going to vote. You mm-hmm. know, R no matter what. There's a certain amount to vote D no matter. But that middle of the road, which some of the polls that I've seen, they're still not swayed over to the Trump side yet. I mean, he's going to, if he does run, he's got a lot of work to do in that middle of the road suburban mom voter. All right. We're going to have a final thought from everybody about specifically America and what's happening to America. And as conservatives, as Christians, as Americans, how do we deal with the grief of watching America go the way that it's going? We'll spend our last few minutes together uh, next as we continue this National Crawford Roundtable. I do want to give everybody listening to us right now one more opportunity to donate to Preborn if you haven't done it already. If you have, thank you. We appreciate that. Uh, You're responsible for saving babies' lives. Uh, If you haven't yet, then just go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click right there on the Preborn tab, and you can donate right there. Remember, it's $28 on average to stop one abortion, to save one baby's life. How Preborn does this is by partnering with pro-life pregnancy centers across America to show them ultrasound images of the babies to show the moms images of their babies and those moms choose life when they see those images but it takes money to do this $28 stops one abortion on average that's why we ask everybody listening right now will you donate $280 one time to stop 10 abortions to save 10 babies lives 100% of your donation goes to ultrasound images zero goes to overhead. So it's a tax write-off for you, too. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on the Preborn tab. And you can also donate over the phone. You can call right now to 833-850-BABY. And they answer the phones 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So they're ready for your call right now, 833-850-BABY. Let's uh, save some babies' lives. And as we kind of wrap all of this up, I want to bring it back full circle to what we talked about in the beginning. And Neil, maybe we could start with you, Neil Boron. Neil Boron live out of uh, Buffalo, New York. There is kind of a grieving that many Americans feel for America, that it's happening before our very eyes. It's happening in our lifetimes that America has not only turned away from God and gone more secular and LGBT and transgenderism on steroids with our kids and parental rights and religious freedoms and liberties. It's so painful to see America go the way that we have. And then now, of course, 
the clear unequal justice under the law. We're becoming a banana republic where the establishment pretty much run by the Democrats and the liberals and progressives are now using the U.S. government as a weapon against their political opponents namely conservative Christians. So it's a heartbreaking thing to see this happen in America. But you know something, Neil? It also reminds me how we need to be putting our hope and faith and trust in Jesus Christ and not in justice in America and not in the Constitution. Uh, Even though I love this country and I love the Constitution and what it stands for, my hope and my security is not in that. It's in Jesus Christ, even if America completely crumbles. Maybe th- things like this serve as a, t- a time and an opportunity to remind us of that. 100%. Uh, and, you know, it's interesting because you guys were talking about the whole, you know, whether or not Donald Trump should run for president. I think there's obviously a question. Should he or would it be valuable? Could he win? What what difference would his you know presence or impact make? But... Uh, he recently put out a video, three minutes and 54 seconds long, in which it sounded very much like a campaign speech, but it was a kinder, gentler, John, just like you said, Donald Trump calmly walking through the problems that face our nation and kind of lamenting where we've become as a nation, but it concludes with the statement, the best is yet to come. Now, his hope, obviously, is in his ability to turn things around. And Donald Trump has been referred to by some as the Floyd Merriweather of politics. You know, like, he gets up off the mat and he keeps fighting. So it's very likely we're going to see more from Donald Trump. But the reality is that for all of us who know and love the Lord, uh, we understand that our hope isn't found in, in a political figure of any kind. Um, I mean, Donald Trump's here today, but he's going to be gone tomorrow. So will we, because life is a vapor. And 100 years from now, someone else, if the Lord should tarry, you know, will be running the United States of America if it even exists. Um, so where's our hope found? It's found in Jesus. And as believers, I don't think we need to get off the rails about this kind of stuff. We can lament what's happening to the country that we love. We can work hard to preserve the freedom that we enjoy here, including religious freedom. But ultimately, our hope is is eternal. It's found in Jesus Christ. It's the message that Jesus commanded us to share, and we should go into all the world and, and continue to share that message with anyone who will listen. So, you know, uh, I think maybe in, in chaotic times, people are going to be looking, like if you're stuck in the, in the middle of the ocean, you know, a boat has sank, and, and people are grasping for something. It, well, if, you've, if you're floating on a piece of wood that's holding you up and it can hold someone else up, you know, invite them to join you there because um, that hope is what is found in Jesus Christ. And I think there's going to be a lot of people in the days ahead looking for something stable to believe in besides the crazy political conversations that happen in this country and all over the world. Yeah. Um, John, let me ask you. John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado. I I was watching a fascinating clip, video clip of the late Antonin Scalia. And he was talking about, uh, he said, you know, we have a constitution, we have freedoms, we have such, he says, but big deal. Uh, totalitarian regimes and dictatorships, they all have constitutions that say in, and bills of rights that to give freedom of speech and freedom of religion and all that kind of stuff. The, the, the issue is the application of it mm-hmm. and whether it's going to be upheld or ignored. Right. And it's so prophetic because right now, a constitution and bill of rights... Uh, these are nothing more than pieces of paper unless they're going to be actually upheld. We're watching them not being upheld. So what would you say, not just as a, a, a conservative and a libertarian and a Christian and uh, uh, but, but and an American, but uh, 
how do you tend to handle and process the the grieving and frustration of watching America basically unravel before our eyes and reminding ourselves that my hope really is not in the success of of America. Ultimately, it really truly is in Jesus Christ. Sure. You know, as Christians, I think I appreciate what Neil said. On the same token, it's no different than anything else in life. It doesn't mean we give up. It doesn't mean we don't continue to fight. It doesn't mean that we don't continue to, you know, keep the rule of law intact and do the things that we need to to keep this country on on the right track. And there's a balance there. No, you don't put all of your... I've never put my faith in the country itself because if you do that, it's going to fail you every time. There's only one place mm-hmm. to put your faith. On the same token, will I continue to work hard, just like all of us at Crawford Broadcasting do? You know, I, I really appreciate, you know, Don Sr., who owns the company. He is very much God and country, and we all are mandated to really do the same thing on our programs, which I appreciate very much. I mean, and it, and it goes hand in hand, God first, then country. So yes, we have to put our faith right. and trust in Jesus Christ, the Lord Almighty. And then on top of that, they'll continue to fight for the freedoms that, that our founding fathers, and I, I believe really the, the good Lord himself established in this country. This country has done more to lift up the entire world's population than any other country prior to it. And if we don't continue to to keep this going, there's no chance of us continuing to do that. I also look at it as, you know, and maybe I'm wrong, but you look at, you know, quote unquote, the end times. I am a firm believer. As long as this country stands firm, those end times continue to tarry. And I think it is our goal as Christians to bring as many people with us as possible to heaven. We right. can't do that if the end times start tomorrow. So the reality is we need to do everything, every single thing we possibly can to win souls and keep the soul of this country alive both. Oh, I could not agree more. I mean, my attitude has always been if I'm on the Titanic, I know it's going to sink, but I'm going to be bailing water and trying to slow the sinking as much as I right. can to save as many lives as possible. That's I completely right. get it. Uh, Roger Marsh, maybe a, a final thought here. You know, Neil's a, a pastor. You're a pastor also. Uh, as a pastor, as a Christian, but also as a patriotic American, uh, how do you tend to process the the grieving for watching what's happening in America, but at the same time? Time, reminding ourselves, hey, our ultimate hope and security is in Jesus Christ. Well, isn't it just like God to use these times to point us back to him? Maybe, maybe, yeah. just maybe, we, the people who are people of faith, who love our nation, who love God, have gotten to the point where perhaps we were, I don't want to say relying too much on the American ideal to kind of keep things moving, but let's face it, I mean, the church thrives in areas where there's political oppression. I mean, you look at what's happening in Afghanistan, in Iran, and all around the world, the Chinese church, you know, which has been driven underground and even cut off from the internet at times, uh, continues to thrive. The American church has always been up front, out front, and doing what we do, and now it's getting, it's getting so weird, brothers and sisters who are listening with us right now, we just say, we're looking at a guy like like Donald Trump and saying, if we could just have him back in the White House, and people look at us and go, are you sure you're Christian? I mean, the cute David French, <laughs> you know, with feigning his, uh, his uh, uh, disbelief and his exasperation. But the reality is, I think what's happening here is the fact that we are still here having this conversation, the fact that we still have the religious liberties that we do, is evidence that God's hand of providence is still on, on this nation, but most importantly on his church. I don't think he's as impressed with nations as he is with the, the body of Christ worldwide and for now and all eternity. And so True. the idea that we have, I mean, we have 
Job one, which is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go into all the world, preach the gospel. And so now there are going to be more opportunities to preach that gospel because as we've all duly noted, people are losing hope in the system. They're losing hope in politics. They're losing hope in the economy. And they're just fearful for whatever reason. And we have the antidote for that. I mean, the antidote to fear is faith. I mean, it's the love of Christ, the perfect love that drives out fear. And so as we continue to point out the atrocities, and we mourn, definitely mourn, the, the, what's happening in the media with regard to the banana republic that we're becoming, it just means the light of Christ is going to shine brighter, that firm foundation is going to be more solid, and we who are walking right. on that solid rock um, have the opportunity, as John said, to say, hey, you know, take my hand, because this is where we're going, and this is where it is going. All of this is going to fade away, and the love of Christ and the salvation that you have in him will ultimately remain forever and ever that is uh, that that is so true uh thank you roger and thank you to all of you for tuning us in we always appreciate you listening to the national crawford roundtable podcast uh and don't forget you can listen to past episodes at crawfordmediagroup.net you can also of course listen to us on apple podcast stitcher tune in or wherever you listen to your podcast we welcome your five-star reviews thank you so much for that and john rush roger marsh neil boron myself bob duco gentlemen always great catching up with you thanks a lot looking forward to next week thank you likewise thank you all right you bet take care thanks for listening everybody god bless you've been listening to the national crawford roundtable podcast a view of today's culture through a biblical lens brought to you by preborn saving babies and souls join us in the fight to save babies from abortion your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need 80 percent of the time she will choose life Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn logo to save babies now. You can download this podcast from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more from your local Crawford Media Group station or at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And you can watch video of the podcast at MyHopeNow.com. Please give this podcast a five-star rating on your Apple app and look for the notification on your app for when the next weekly edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast is ready for you to download. This has been a Crawford Media Group production.